Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast where in this week's episode we will be previewing the Derby and Oaks Trail at Lingfield and also as well we'll be taking in a couple of races from Ascot. I'm joined this week by Mark Krosky and also as well making his debut Steve Shanks. You might be familiar with Steve from some of the Hong Kong previews we do. How's it going Steve? Glad to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Yes, very good. The winners. I mean, if you follow the right man at Shanks Ponies, the winners keep um, the winners keep coming in today. Two from two in France and Paris Longchamp. So all good. Yeah, you're getting uh, them winners in foreign fields, but hopefully you can bring some of uh, that form to the domestic table. It is. It's the onions I'm wearing around my neck. I see it'll be doing well in France just now, but I need to transfer that to the to Blighty to the UK. Yeah, hopefully we can find some winners. For the Panthers, how about you, Mark? Haven't seen you since uh, last week's episode. How's it going? Confident this week? Yeah, we did all right last week. Uh, poetic Flair done the business. What was sixteen to one? Was it twenty twos? We put put that one up, um, and I think the Nat winning as well was a Lady Beaufort one as well. So that was a well, hundred to one plus double. So in good form, and obviously good to have Steve on another Northern Northern voice. Um, definitely welcome here. And I know Steve was keen on Poetic Flair as well, which is even better. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's there's some value this weekend. There's a couple of short ones I'd be looking to take on, um, and I've got some double figure prices as well. So hopefully we can uh, keep the bandwagon going, uh, and we can erode that that Paul Callahan's lead in the apps table. Yeah, slowly but surely you're creeping back up there. I was actually off the mark last week. I might be embarrassed to say, but I think that might have been my first winning nap on the podcast this year, or at least for quite a while. But. Uh, yeah, we got right. it right though. So Ron Prezi was the danger to, to, to the one I liked. To the power driver. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there you go. But uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. And yeah. uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll find a winning that for punters again this week. Anyway, let's get straight into it then. First wet race we will be previewing is the 215 at Lingfield. It is the Novi Bet Oaks Trial. Fully stakes a listed race over a mile and a half. This race has thrown up. The Oaks winner in the past, most notably in 2019 with Annapurna. Could we be seeing an Oaks winner here, Steve? Well, I don't know. I think um, if there was one I did like, it would probably be Nash Nasher. I think he's a nice horse. Charlie Appleby, William Buick on board. And I just think that um, this horse could um, could actually put up to technique. I'm not convinced about technique at 2-1 to one for Martin Mead. And Nash Nasha, he's reappeared in good form, good good win. And yes, I think I think if there's a, a horse in here, I think you know, divinely, Aidan O'Brien, I don't think it's a, a vintage Aidan O'Brien horse. Invite at, at, at 28 to 1. I'd also question the soft ground there. And uh, yes, Region 2, not sure if that's a, a top-rated Gosden horse. Ocean Road might need the run after six months off. So yes, um, for me... I think Nash Nash is the one that appeals most. Yeah, definitely is very interesting. I think she's um, got a really nice pedigree. I think uh, her dad was just the judge who was a Irish Thousand Guineas winner. So nicely bred uh, pedigree there. And yeah, she could definitely step up. And uh, they've had a good record over the years with their fillies, Godolphin, and they're going to probably uh, have a leading chance here. Currently run about four to one best price. Technique is your favourite, nine to four. Um, what did you like in this race, Marcus? Were you quite keen on technique or are you looking at bigger prices? Well, technique ran, ran well last time. Um, I just, just couldn't get the job done. I'm not, I'm not sure the uh, the step up and trip is what this one's looking for. Um, I think she had every chance, obviously got picked up. Did have the run of the race in front, of my opinion. Um, 
agree with Steve. I think she's a bit short. What two to one best friends available around fifteen eight? I think this one will drift on a day. I'd be I'd be very surprised if this one goes off around six to four or shorter. Um, the one I actually liked was uh, Archie Watson's uh, Sherbert Lemon. Uh, Paul Moreni takes her out. It's currently about eighteen to one in the sports book right now. This one. Um, very highly fought of within the Archie Watson yard. Uh, got absolutely smashed on debut at Newcastle. Managed to nick about a 5-2, to two, 11 and 4. I think it went off about 4-9. Um, I think that run at Weatherby on the 20th of April, I think, wasn't given a hard race. I, mean, I think Sherbert Lemon run better than the form suggests. I think it could actually work out to be decent form. And I mean, just if there was a match bet on the day, um, I would have Sherbert Lemon to finish in front of Loving Dream on the match bet, that would be a bit of value. But I mean, there could be a couple of bets here, maybe laying the uh, technique or back in Sherbert Lemon. There's nine runners just now. I mean, if you can get, I keep going using to the exchange, but if you can get, let's just say Sherbert Lemon is around 20 to 1, 16 to 1. If you can get around maybe 3 to 1, 7 to 2, 4 place mark, I mean, that's my sort of bet. I think this one will will improve. Only only had the two runs. Wasn't knocked about last time out. And also you've got that match bit option, Loving Dream. Um, I think that, that Sherbert Lemon will finish in front of uh, John Gosling's Loving Dream. Palmer Rennan as well, certainly not a negative. Um, wouldn't say this one would be my, my fancy for the Oaks, but I just think this one's got a wee bit of improvement. It sort of went under the radar a little bit. Um, so Sherbert Lemon will we'll go for a, a winning place around the 20 to 1 mark. Yeah, definitely a wide open race, I would say. I make a case for, for quite a few of them. All of them really have got to step up, I think, on what they've shown so far, but Technique probably does deserve to be favourite in but um behind uh, Worko uh, when she ran there at Epson, you know, that was a good run, but Worko did let the form down um yesterday, I think it was at Chester. So uh, it could be quite a wide open race. But yeah, it's probably one uh for the notebook. But if you fancy a left field punt, you might as well have a go because the favourite could be vulnerable. We then uh go to the two fifty. This is the Novi Bet Derby trial again over the same trip. Has produced a derby winner in recent times, Anthony Van Dyke. Uh, Marcus, do you think there could be a derby winner in here, or do you think it's not a particularly strong race? Well, I don't think the favourite, and I've been negative again here, but I don't think the favourite's a, a derby winner. I dare. Um, currently around five to four. I just think this is one you want to be taking on at the prices. Um, I mean, Yuber, well beaten, we're going off favourite in a listed company um, today at Chester. It's got form link with that one. Um, and there's plenty to take take the favourite on here, dear. Um, scope has uh, plenty of scope for improvement, no pun intended. But uh, Aidan O'Brien as well, he's got Carlisle Bay and Kiprios are both up to win an enlisting company, in my opinion. I think I think this is wide open, and I think the five to four available right now is far too short for a dear. Um, again, this this is one you'd be want to take in on in, in the win market. It's, this would probably be one of my lately of the weekends at the prices. I'd be amazed if this goes five to four because it, it looks too short for me at the moment. I think this one will drift like, like Santa Barbara. I think it was too obvious. I mean that went that drifted right. I didn't around six. It was about three point six five eleven to four SP. Um, but um, I want to be taking on a deer at the prices right now. Yeah, definitely. I, I thought it was. Um, I thought he was quite an opposable favourite. I didn't think uh, that run last time out, even though. Um, he did finish second. I wasn't so sure if it was a particularly deep race. I was quite interested in Kiprios, uh, Aiden O'Brien's uh, runner. Got a really interesting pedigree from the Moyglare, um stud farm and uh, is actually um, very closely related as sibling to Falcon 8 and uh, Search for a Song, who obviously have got better of age. And we'll see uh, 
Dermot Wells' uh, Falcon 8 run tomorrow in the Chester Cup. So, uh, yeah. It's going to be here, Chris. Like, four, four to five, it feels massive. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think I quite like the chances of Scope maybe running a good race. You've got Kiprios as well. Uh, yeah, I think I think um, Charlie Appleby's horses might just be um, hitting a bit of a vein of flat form at the moment. They've had a few at Chester over the last couple of days that have got overturned, but I don't think Charlie Appleby, a lot of his horses don't always seem to run well at Chester, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, how the how um, Nash Nasher runs on earlier uh, in the Oaks trial. How about you, Steve? Are you with the Godolphin favourite are you, or are you looking elsewhere? Um, I kind of was, just in the absence of anything else that really grabbed me. The race has cut up a bit, hasn't it, down to seven runners. And um, like you say, I think Kiprios would be the would be the, the preferred horse from the Aidan O'Brien uh, to some, because um, Kalil B, he's only got uh, like a Tipperary maiden win to his name. I think Kiprios has a bit more scope. And of course, as uh, Mark was saying, scope's an interesting horse too. Third Realm. One of the larger priced runners from the Roger Varia. I'm a bit worried about the ground there. I, I, I do think there's a chance we could see the heavens opening on Saturday in a down London direction. I think Ascot will get his fair share. Does seem to be coming up from the, the south. So, yeah, so the absence of anything that really grabbed me, I don't like the look of a Tonian, and obviously Kiprios has a chance, but I just don't like the absence of anything else. Adair. Isn't value now at five to four, but if he drifts out five to two or something, he might just win a substandard uh, trial. Yeah, definitely. I, I, it's got that feel to it. It doesn't look like there's any potential superstars in here. Maybe some interesting horses for maybe later on in the season, but anything that's going to be winning a derby, not too sure anything is going to emerge here. But yeah, if you uh, fancy the favourite, I wouldn't put you off him, but. Uh, if you fancy seven else, you might as well take a punt. But yeah, well, that's something we didn't mention as well. I should just say, um, yes, absolutely uh, forecast to, to absolutely blitz it down this weekend. It's going to be a very wet Saturday, so you're going to be wanting to look for horses that have got form on soft or heavy ground, or at least in their pedigree, might be able to handle these tested conditions. It probably will, uh, even though there's good ground at the moment, I reckon it'll be riding on the soft side at least. So yeah, um, it could be hard work for some of the horses this weekend. We then move to our final race we're previewing at Lingfield, which is the Group 3 Chartwell Philly Stakes. Um, how about you in this race, Steve? Are we quite keen on the favourite, which is Chris Wall's Philly, double or bubble? Or um, was there one at a bigger price that you quite liked? I decided to go for Bounce the Blues. I thought that had a nice chance. It's um, trained by Andrew Balding, owned by Barbara Kell. And Barbara Kell has a nice history with Andrew Balding, with a few horses encapsulated. One, the Duneside Cup of Air, and there was Blonde Bee, of course, a, a lovely mare back in the 2017 that won the E.P. Taylor at Woodbine. She's always got a good history of bringing horses over from Ireland, in fact, because Bounce, Bounce the Blues was originally with Johnny Fien when his last two back in Ireland and then came over. And I thought the reappearance uh, under Ben Curtis was very nice. It was a it was a fifth place in the Unibet Doncaster Mile Stakes, fifth top rank. And it did look like he just needed the run. He came to challenge, he faded towards the end. Um, soft ground won't be an issue. And I just think the Chris Wall horse may be a bit vulnerable. And I think I'd rather have bounced the blues with uh, Andrew Balding and O.C. Murphy doing the steering. Yeah, Andrew Bolden's uh, horses have been running really well this week. They've been going quite well at Chester. Obviously, he had Youth Spirit win uh, the Chester Derby trial yesterday. 
How about you, Mark? What did you like in the Chartwell stakes? I thought um, the favourite double or bubble around the five to two mark would be certainly interesting. Uh, really impressive winner last time out for Chris Wall. Uh, Jack Mitchell's on board. You know, I'm pretty confident you can step 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 up in class being here, Group Three. I don't think this is a a top top affair. Um, should have conditions to suit. Uh, flat track at Lingfield um, should play to our strengths. Um, obviously, if you're looking to to the rain angle. I think um, if it, if the heavens did open, I think Isabella Giles was was interested. Um, William Buick on board. I'd assume that um, Adam is not on board to do to do with the weight potentially, or he could be elsewhere. But uh, this one has has solid form on a soft ground. I mean, running in some solid races. Um, most notably behind alcohol free um, at Newbury on the eighteenth of April. I just think that I mean, we're going back to a, a price angle. Double or bubble, I think this one, I mean, definitely is a potential improver. Um, around the five to two mark, that, that looks more my sort of price. I think this one should probably be around the six to four mark. I think they've got the uh, the Godolphin runner with Charlie Applebee's. Um, that one should be around the five to two market there. And this one should be around the five to four, six to four mark. I think the price is wrong. Um, so I'll be taking about a five to two right now. But I wouldn't want the heavens to open up too much for this one. Um, so it has the, the form on the good ground so far. Um, soft could potentially be an unknown. But I think five to two for a potential improver, I think that's decent value. And it's, there's not a lot of depth to the freeze. Yeah, you're right. There isn't much depth. What was quite interesting, I was just having a look at double level there. If the rain does come, they might not decide to run her because she actually has been declared a non-runner on, uh, in the past on account of when it was soft going. So Yeah, it makes sense. So, I think if, if, if she doesn't run, I think Isabel Giles is probably the one to look at because she, she'll love a bog. Yeah, she's she's got proven form, I think, with, with cat and ground uh, from last season, if I remember. I think uh, when she won at Goodwood, it was quite testing ground. So, so yeah, so she could definitely have a chance with that three-year-old Phillies Lance as well. She's definitely an interesting uh, runner. But Clive Cox's stable has been a little bit uh, out of form at the moment. So that might be a slight negative. I thought the really interesting runner in here was the German Raider. Axana has won a listed race over in Germany. Obviously, the German form is always going to be hard to assess against uh, our runners, but uh, definitely uh, more than capable of coming over and getting the job done. They are. They've done it in the past, in the last few years, and yeah, maybe at, at price, um, Axana could go well each way if um, if uh, Double or Bubble doesn't run. But uh, yeah, interesting little race stats, but so. Uh, completely wide open like the rest of, of the Lingfield card that we've already covered. We then are going over to the Royal Course at Ascot for our next selection. Now I really like the look of this race. Very interesting one. Um, it's the 2.30. It's the Tote Plus Pays mo More at tote.co.uk Buckhound Stakes. A listed race over a mile and a half. Uh, again a wide open looking race. 4 to one is your favourite without a fight were you keen to side with him mark or are you uh looking at double figure prices well this is really wide open like really wide open compared to some of the races been looking um at lingfield i thought without a fight um top of the betting here simon chris around the 130 andrea adzini takes the right i thought that one had every chance um obviously got the old uh outbox um it's uh, Archie Watson, Holly Doll, um, and it's a proper 100, 105 rated horse, um, always runs this race. The one I did like, a 10 intensive selection, nothing, um, and this is not the sort of race I'd be playing, playing big in, but I thought uh, Albert Flora of uh, Ralph Beckett for Ryan takes a ride. I mean, being a short ahead of the extended trip of a mile six last time out on soft ground to Ascot. So if, if the floodgates do open, this one's going to absolutely love it. 
Um, that was a decent forerunner affair. Um, the form behind Sorella Doncaster, I think, is also solid. I think the step um, back to a mile four, either being on good ground or soft ground, won't be an issue um, for this one. I think this one's got a massive chance at five to one. This is sort of one to be play. I'd be playing this place only um, around the four place mark on Betfair. I mean, around the six to four mark. Um, if you get that, you, you, you chop your hand off for that. Um, especially if the rain comes as well, you'd be. This one does stay as well, so you'd be very surprised if this one was out of the places. No, definitely, yeah. You'd like to think he would definitely go very close and he's got a very good chance of making the frame. I thought Tyson Fury for Richard Spencer was quite an interesting one. Very lightly raced horse. Um, I remember back in Money One on his debut, I think he was a big price at Doncaster. He then ran in the ledger where, okay, he was beaten, but you can probably put a line through that because he was very inexperienced going into that race. He then came out of that uh, race and then he dug deep to win at Ascot, so we know he handles the track. And that was on soft ground that day. I thought he was quite a big price in this race. And I thought he ran an encouraging reappearance at Newbury. And I think he might just strip fitter for that. And I think the key to him could be uh, easier ground. So I think at a price, he's definitely worth considering. How about you, though, Steve? Um, was there anything in here that took your fancy? Yes, it's probably one of the hardest hardest races that we're looking at, isn't it? And uh, there was four runners, wasn't there, 20 days ago, without a fight, won that day. Tyson Fury was keen, and he was behind, along with Outbox, was in third. Tyson Fury back in uh, fourth place. And Deja, Deja was back in seventh. I was think Deja's a bit of a patchy. I don't think he minds soft ground, but he's, I think Deja's got a bit of a patchy record. It was Ryan Moore on board that day. Um, yes, I mean... I don't know. There seemed to be enough distance between without a fight and the rest to, to be optimistic that the placings would be confirmed. But I think Tyson Fury will improve because he was keen. I think I'd probably think without a fight has a chance of winning. But I think possibly Laffey would be an um, interesting two at double-figure price. Uh, Michael Stout, Richard Kingscott on board. And um, he was an interesting. He was fourth to Ron Priestley in the further flight. And uh, he's another one that likes an ease. So twelve to one about a stout horse. It's not too bad. He's had his pipe opener thirty-one days ago. So maybe for place money, I think Laffy could have a chance. Yeah. So Michael Stout's horses are running well at the moment, and yeah, I think he's definitely one you would have on your shortlist. Without a fight, uh, just looking at him, actually, some of his best form last season came uh, with a bit of dig in the ground. Um, one at Haydock, one at Newbury. Uh, was one of those improving sorts that comes through the handicaps. And not sure maybe if he was more ready on the day than some of his rivals, but he did have the improving profile last season. And he finished third as well behind uh, Berkshire Rocco, who, if I remember correctly, ran an absolute stormer in the uh, in the St. Ledger. So, uh, yeah, quite a few of these got um, form lines that kind of, um, kind of tangle between them. But, uh, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, it's a really wide open race, but it's hard to rule the majority of these out. But I think the ground will definitely pay pay a factor in this race. Um, we then go to arguably, well, it's the feature race on the card at Ascot, but an even more difficult puzzle to solve. Um, 29 runner handicaps. This is what I live for. I love these races. Um because if you find find the winner, I think there's nothing better in racing, even if it's a favourite, because it means that you were 
uh, or maybe you're just lucky on the day, really, instead of clever. But uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we can point you in the right direction of the winner in this race. Uh, what did you like in this race, Steve? Uh, it's best to probably go with a couple of darts, isn't it? Yes, it is, isn't it? Yes, I mean, you, 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 on almost you want one on either side of the course too, and you have the, if they, unless they congregate on the near side, which which they might well do. I ended up going for symbolise um, gate twenty seven on the near side, and for the far side, I went down on Jumeirah Bay. Um, Ray Dawson riding for Roger Varian, making a, a return after one hundred ninety seven days off. But I just thought that horse was fairly interesting. He's been gelded. He likes an ease, and symbolise. I thought he his run. I thought his run in the Balmoral was good last season. He was eighth, but it was over a mile. I thought he travelled quite well on the far side for much of the contest, and I think he's better back over the seven furlongs. A few old campaigners in the in this race, isn't there? That, that we've seen for many years, like sort of Chief of Chiefs and Greenside and Escobar. They're not getting any better now. They're sort of seven, eight, ten years old. And, of course, the top weight is Motakayel, who's very interesting, likes Ascot. I, I mean, it's the, it's a pin job, isn't it, in some ways? But almost satisfying if you can get the winner. But, yes, for me, Jamara Bay from the far side and Symbolise on the near side. Again, Andrew Balding, David Probert on board. He should be able to adopt a nice position on the near side rail. Yeah, d definitely Symbolise. He was one of the top on my shortlist. Has a lot of good back form if you actually go through some of his form. At uh, even the Royal Meeting last year, I think he ran a really respectable race to, to, to make the frame. And we already said Andrew Bolden's horse is going well. And David Probert should be mentioned. He's been in flying form of late, running lots of winners. And, uh, yeah, you definitely think he's going to hit hit the money. How about you, uh, Mark? Was there anything in here that you like have a really strong opinion on? Or were you happy to kind of pass this one? I was actually looking at this race with a, a well-known judge, uh, Jesse Fidding Cush. She's actually coming on the podcast next week. Um, she were both quite keen on uh, Sunside Breeze. Um, has the form linked in with Double or Bubble um, the 4th of September. Obviously, that one's went on to Frank the form since. And I think the form at Doncaster on the 11th of September. Um, I think that's solid form as well behind Tranchy. Um, it's up £4 for that one. Um, up to a mark of 91 but I think this one's still improving um, and has form on soft ground at Newmarket um, so I think this one's got I've got a massive chance I think some mark maybe get a wee bit more improvement out of this one but uh, yeah I'm quite sweet on this one's chances um, it was was getting close to potential nap material around 14 to 1 um, but again this is absolutely wide open um, so if anyone is playing make sure you take advantage of any additional place terms that any bookmakers offering um, and yeah, like the one um, that Steve was keen on as well, we actually looked at that one as well. And that one's got a huge chance as well. It's so around the 14 to 1 mark. This is the sort of one you, you'd probably be looking at Dutch as well um, if you want to spread your stakes out because uh, it is massively wide open. But yeah, I know even looking at Chris here, he's um, he's looking very keen. This is, this is what he's been waiting for all day. Um, this, this sort of field, he absolutely loves it. Yeah, this is what I uh, stay awake at night for, you know, looking at all those race replays, you know, making tons of notes just to find the winner of these big 29 runner field handicaps but it seems like you've been getting some help though mark uh to to to, to find your winners yeah yeah maybe maybe that's what's been happening for the last couple of weeks because we're absolutely flying but uh yeah we'll just stay tuned for next week yeah it'd be great to have uh jesse on i quite liked um ropey guest in here this was where i was coming down i'm not sure he, he'll win 
he's a lovable horse for George Marcus and he, I think he was a long standing maiden for a really long time. He he made the frame so many times in group races. Um, I think he caught the eye when he finished um, sixth here in the Coventry, and then he just held his form as a two year old, pretty similar as a as a as a three year old. You know, ran in some good races, and as a result, was given a big weight because he um, achieved a high rating through those place efforts in group company. But then he got his deserved win at Chelmsford, and then he ran okay since. I think seven furlongs is the correct trip for him, and he is a horse that uh, can handle uh, testing conditions. If you go back through his form far enough, he um, finished second behind uh, Kenzai Warrior in deep ground at a Newmarket in a group three. So you like to think that the ground shouldn't be an issue and he's drawn in my opinion towards the right start, uh, right part of the track i know sometimes it can favor low numbers but i always think it's more of an 80 percent 90 percent chance that every time they race at ascot you want to be towards the stand side especially when it rains and uh, i'm hoping he'll get the job done to at uh, least make the frame that place so yeah a uh, wide open uh, looking race and yeah a variety of opinions here on the podcast before we sign off uh let's just round off uh the the bet uh, the naps and the other best bets from uh um steve and mark come to you here first steve um what's your best bet uh for the weekend and is there anything else you fancy um i think i'll just um stick with um symbolize in the 340 nice on threes near the top weight but thankfully um, Mokotile, he, he's giving, he's conceding seven or eight pounds or more once you take the the um, number two horse, the, the claim into consideration um, by um, Safi Osborne. So he's given away a lot of weight. So that kind of makes my stone three a little bit more doable. I think for a nap, I'll take a left field, uh, maybe not so left field, the 450, a wide open sprint handicap over six furlongs. And maybe go for global esteem, Chris Dwyer, SDS on board. Pompic is not exactly encouraging. But um, might just run quite well. Yeah, interesting, especially as Chris Twire has recently come back in the training ranks and has been doing okay on his return. So uh, that's uh, Steve's thoughts. How about you, Mark? What was your nap for the weekend? I'll be looking to lay a dare in the 250 at Linkfield, but be looking maximum around the 7 to 4 mark. I can see this one drifting right out because it looks pretty obvious. I mean, this one, I'd be amazed if this one goes off around 5 to 4. Um, but you know what we'll do? We'll go for um, we'll go for Sunside Breeze. We've still got to erode that that lead at the top for Paul Callahan. Obviously, he's an on runner this week, um, and I know he's getting a bit nervous because um, that lead is shrinking. Um, but yeah, we'll go for Sunside Breeze around the fourteen to one, and we'll take Bestlas guaranteed. Okay, no worries. Even if there are extra places, but. Uh... That's the way it is these days. My nap is uh, going to be Tyson Fury. I'm hoping he'll uh, land a knockout blow in, mm-hmm. in 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 the backhand stakes. I think he'll really uh, improve on his uh, run at Newbury. To me, he just looked like he needed it that day. And uh, I was really impressed, especially when he won at Ascot last season. If I remember rightly, he really did dig deep and he and he lived up to to his name uh, to, to, to get the job done. And if, it, uh, if the heavens do open, as we expect, I think it's a, I think he's run about a nine to one chance for some terms at the moment. I think that's a fairly big price about him, and uh, I could see him reversing some of the form from those he met at Newbury. So yeah, that's uh, what we got time for in uh, this week's episode. Thanks to Mark and Steve on their thoughts and analysis. If you haven't done so already, make sure uh, you follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at in the saddle pod. 
And also as well, whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, whether it's Apple, uh, Spotify or SoundCloud, remember to rate, review and subscribe. Please gamble responsibly. Hopefully we can give you some winners this week and uh, we'll be seeing you soon.